0: That's good, that's good, because whenever it's raining in the wintertime, it's not cold enough to snow. Uh, We're here to worship the Lord this morning, have a good time in God's house. A couple of announcements, the uh, men's fellowship meeting, county or area men's fellowship meeting, which was scheduled for tomorrow night at uh, at Austin is uh, canceled. Because of the uh, you know the situation, COVID virus, and everything else going on. Yeah, the didn't want to go to and well, uh, I wish you'd waited till you got up here where they could hear you say that. <laughs> I think they hurt me. I think they did. I was talking about our friends on uh, on Facebook.
1: Oh,
0: it might. Are there any birthdays this week? Nobody has a birthday. Anniversary? No anniversaries. Well, let's uh, praise the Lord in song and word and deed and turn to 119. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Let's stand and sing.
2: We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord And we pray that all unity may one day be restored And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love Yes, they'll know we are Christians By our love We will walk with each other We will walk hand in hand We will walk with each other We will walk hand in hand And together we'll spread the news That God is in our land And they'll know we are Christians By our love, by our love Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will work with each other, we will work side by side. We will work with each other, we will work side by side. And we'll guard each man's dignity, save each man's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by By our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. All praise to the Father from whom all things come. And all praise to Christ Jesus, His only Son. And all praise to the Spirit who makes us one. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Amen. Amen. Number 166,
0: Sweet Hour of Prayer.
2: Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, that calls me from a world of care, and bids me at my Father's throne, make My soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by Thy return, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, sweet. Farewell, farewell, sweet hour
0: of prayer. Amen. Amen. Brother Mitch, will you take us to the
1: Lord? Okay. To the Lord in
0: prayer, please.
1: (laughs) Yep. All right. Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. That we have to be called your child. Lord, what a blessing. The God who created everything is our Father. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you gave him to die a terrible death that we deserved so that we could receive the eternity, the blessing paradise that he deserved Lord you've done everything for us now help us to do everything for you bless us during this service move us in our hearts and our minds draw us closer to you Lord instruct our hearts and our minds what you expect of us in this new year in this moment in this hour, and we will do what you say. Help us in Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
0: Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 299 Amazing Grace.
2: You
3: meditation is redeemed. One of the greatest customer loyalty programs ever invented was S&H green stamps. (laughs) At the cash register you would get one stamp for every 10 cents that you spent. So a trip to the grocery store could yield 40 to 50 stamps. Nowadays probably be five or six books. But after licking and pasting the stamps into the book, there was anticipation uh, looking at the catalog and counting the number of books needed for a various item. Eventually, families would pile into their cars with all their books and stamps and head to the SNH Redemption Center. For the kids, redemption was a pretty big word. And even they knew it had something to do with taking in a bunch of books of green stamps and walking out with a cool toaster or an electric knife. It was almost like getting stuff for free. People act like they paid for the stuff because they turned over their books of stamps. But the stuff really did not cost anything. They were bought and paid in full with stamps that were free. The whole scheme must have been invented by a Christian who knew God's plan for his people. God had planned all along, redeem us. We've been purchased, paid in full, so we would not have to remain slaves to sin, and we could live forever with him. Paul explained this to the Corinthians. For he has rescued us from the domination of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's only through the payment God made by giving his son on the cross that we can be redeemed. We have been bought and paid for, but to us it was free. It is this gift we remember this morning by sharing communion together. Let us pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to assemble again here today to... Worship you and sing praises to you. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you for your son that you gave. And we take these emblems in remembrance of him.
1: Yes.
3: The bread for the body. And the juice for the blood that he sacrificed for us. Yes. Be with every, every mind, every heart. As we partake of this today, it's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Let's take a few moments just to uh, contemplate on what Jesus has done for us, what a sacrifice he made. Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover meal. Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body, broken for you, eat ye of it. when they had eaten he took the cup and giving thanks passed it among them saying this is the blood of the new testament poured out for the remission of sins as often as you do this do it in remembrance of me until I come again drink of it all of you let's stand for the doxology The Master. Amen. Amen. Our sermon this morning is going to uh, deal with Jesus calling his disciples, and uh, it's one of the questions that we must ask ourselves: Are we able to follow Jesus Amen. with the help of the Holy Spirit? Yes. yes. Number five oh seven.
2: <laughs> Are ye able? To say master to be crucified with me. Hear the stir re I'm in
0: Somebody give me a number. Four. four? Okay, let's turn to him, number four. Uh-huh. Majesty, worship His Majesty. Stumped Piano Player.
2: Majesty, worship his majesty, bond to Jesus be all. Majesty, Kingdom Authority. the King, majesty, worship his majesty, Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Amen,
0: good job. Brother Mitch.
1: No squealing this time. <laughs> Good, morning. Good morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I mean, where else can you go and wrestle with your family and still love each other? <laughs> oh, well, I want to. Uh, I want to give a few thanks. This morning, before I start, uh, I want to thank Bob and Wilma Hollis for many years of service. And uh, you're appreciated. Thank you. And now we want to add Squirrel, or Genie. (laughs) Thank you for joining in and helping out. I want to thank John and Sheila. They're running computers this morning, and they always fill in somewhere if they're needed and always help out. So thank you guys. I want to thank uh, Jim and Mary Rominger. Uh, Took over the responsibility for the uh, Christmas lights and the pageant and it was wonderful. It was marvelous. They worked uh, yesterday out here. I saw them and uh, the day before or even earlier in that morning it was Evan was over at the house and he said, "Ain't you going to help?" I said, "No." <laughs> he said, "Why not?" I said, "Because I can't hardly stand up. My knee hurts so bad. I wouldn't be much use. Between not being able to see and not being able to walk, there's not a whole lot you can do. Stand around and boss, and most people don't care for that too much." <laughs> uh, I want to thank Mary Cress for taking and uh, teaching on Sunday nights. Uh, you don't know how big of a relief that is for me. <laughs> and I also learn a lot from you, so thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I know Marvin and Penny helped out a lot, and uh, several of you in here, uh, almost everyone in here participated in some way or another in the Christmas uh, program this year, so thank you. And uh, so as we begin this new year... We want to look and think about all the things that we can do this year to make not just the church better, but to grow the kingdom of God. That's the goal. That was the lighting program. That was the goal, to grow the kingdom of God. And there were people that were witnessed to. There were people who were moved by it. I had some people speak to me because of the... uh, The light show and the pageant, they were moved by it, and so seeds were sown. Thank you. This year, we'll even find more ways to serve in our community. Amen? Amen. All right. So, now, in the book of Mark, we're moving forward here to uh, when Jesus calls his first disciples. Uh, So, and... If you ask what did he call them, he called them by name. (laughs) So here we'll begin reading in Mark 1, uh, verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, or some say the Lake of Galilee, uh, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I There's a few things here in this passage that is very significant. Not just for us, but for all people. First of all, we need to realize that Jesus does call people. Jesus called us. He calls everyone. Do you all remember when you were called by Jesus? Do you remember that drawing in your heart? I remember plain as day... I was so fidgety. (laughs) A preacher was preaching a revival, and it was like he had been watching me. (laughs) He knew all my sins. (laughs) He named them. All he didn't do was call my name. (laughs) I was like, when's he going to name me? When's he going to name me? (laughs) And then he, he says, now, if you're guilty of those things, you need to repent. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know how you get that feeling? And I was, I was standing there, but I was holding on to the seat in front, and my knuckles were white. I was, was wrestling. Am I going to go or am I not going to go? I don't want to go. I know everybody's going to laugh at me if I go. You know, all those ridiculous thoughts that you have that the devil... Uses to try to stop you from coming to Jesus. But I came and I began my journey with Christ. I'm ashamed to say that I left it for a while after that, but obviously I came back. (laughs) But Jesus calls everyone. You know, There's this uh, theology, Calvinism, that says God only calls certain people. There's only certain people that God calls. The rest of you are going to hell and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Uh, And that's just because God is God and he has the right to choose. Well, I don't disagree with that. God is God and he does have the right to choose. But the word says... That it's not God's desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, why would he say that if he only picked certain people? That just doesn't make sense to me. Those two just don't fit together. One came from man and the other comes from God. So guess which one I choose to believe. (laughs) I'm going to take the word of God every time. Uh, So, Jesus calls all of us to become his disciples at some point in time. Now, here's another thing to look at is that the moment that he called these first disciples, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. They were fishing. That's what they were. They were fishermen. This is what they did for a living. And he called them and says, come follow me. And I will send you out to fish for men. Now, think about that. They're used to fishing. This is what they do for a living. They know how to fish. Now he's giving them a new way to use what they already know. Huh. Does that give you any ideas? <laughs> Whatever we do, God can use that as a way to have an opportunity to witness to those around us. I met a guy one time that uh, this was when I was working at Humana, and he had one of those little food carts that you go out and buy burritos or whatever, you know. Uh, And it's on the street, on the side of the street, and every day... For, I don't know, from 12 to 1 or 12 to 2, he was out there, sold everything he had, every day, (laughs) and shut down and went home. Well, I went and bought something from him one day, and I noticed he had a cross hanging up inside, and he had a sticker on the outside of this little cart that said, did you know Jesus died for you? And I looked at him and I said, did you put this sticker on here? He said, yep, sure did. I said, do you believe that? He said, yep, I sure do. And so Van was a Christian. And he used that as an opportunity to witness. Whatever we do whatever we do, you know, they left their fishing behind. Their, they left their career behind to follow Jesus. Now, think about that. There was a cost affiliated with that. They walked away from a lucrative business and followed Jesus because the value of salvation is much more important than anything this world can offer. Anything. You know, there's people who work hard to have a Ferrari or, or to have one of these, you know, half a million, three million, uh, three quarter of a million or a million dollar home. Two people living in this huge home. <laughs> uh, you know, no possible way you can, you can use it. But that's the thing, right? That's, that's how I'm going to show that I matter. That's how I'm going to show how significant my life is. That's the legacy I'm going to leave behind is, look what a big house we had for two people. <laughs> Some people are going to look at them and say, yeah, it's real smart. <laughs> Others will look at them and say, oh, I want it. I want it. I want it. You see what happens here. It's that when he called them, he didn't just call them to follow him, but he called them to change. To change the way they think. From fishing for fish to fishing for men. Why? We're not going to get paid for this. Oh, but you do. Lay up your treasures in heaven. That's what we're doing. We're laying up treasures in heaven. You see, the difference is, you know, all the money in the world that you can acquire, that you can hoard and hold on to in this world, will not get you in heaven. And you know what? One day we're all going to die. What happens to all that stuff? And all that money that we spend all that time collecting and holding on to, working so hard to get what happens to it when we're dead. Somebody else takes it and does whatever they want (laughs) with what you acquired all those years. Now, if you have trained your children right and, and explained to them how important these things are to you and why they're significant and how, then... You pass it on to them, hopefully they'll respect it and do the right thing. But how many times have you seen someone die and then within a week, everything they had is either thrown away or sold? It's gone. But Jesus wants us to change the way we think about life in general. He doesn't want us to think just about this life, but he wants us to think about eternal life. It's more important than what happens here. You see, our real life is in heaven. Our real citizenship is in heaven. This is somewhere that we are given the opportunity to learn and to grow and to serve Jesus and to bring others into the kingdom of God. Is it easy? Nope. Are there challenges? You bet. Because the enemy is in charge of this world. He's the prince of this world. That's what the Bible says, right? He's the prince of this world. So right now, he's in charge. But the day is coming when he's going to find out that everything he did, he has to pay for. For eternity he will be in a pit of fire. How many of you have ever been burned? Hurts, don't it? Had a piece of plastic melt off of a stick one time and drop on my hand. Oh took like three weeks for that to stop hurting. It burns and keeps burning even after the fire's gone. Can you imagine burning everywhere on your whole body for all eternity? I don't want to think of that. But he gives us a way to not do that. He gives us a way to live in paradise with him. Come follow me. I will send you out to fish for people. And what did they do? They said, nah, not right now. You know, we got this big business going and we're making a lot of money. And so, Jesus, I would love to follow you, but come back next year when maybe I'm not doing so well. Then maybe I can follow you. No, that's not what they said. It says at once, immediately, they got up. And they followed Jesus. That is the correct response to Jesus' calling. Immediately, you must act. Why? Because you might not get another chance. I'm not trying to scare anybody, folks. That's just a fact. I've seen it happen time after time after time. People who I could tell were under conviction, I talked to them. They refused to accept right now. Maybe later. I know I need to, but maybe later. Before the next service, they were gone. Too late. When Jesus calls, the appropriate response is immediate. Immediately. Answer and accept him. He says, then when they went a little farther, Jesus went a little farther. He saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat. And they were fishermen, preparing their nets. They were fishermen also. And they had a bigger business than the others, because they even had employees. So this was a a bigger business. But he comes to them, to to James and John, and it says, without delay, he called them. And they left their father's Ebony in the boat with the hired men, the employees, and followed him. Now, some of us would rationalize and say, well, you know, he, what, they weren't abandoning their father because he had help, he had hired help. Well, they're two hands short. <laughs> but sometimes following Jesus cost us our family. If any of you have read or heard testimony of any people in third world countries, especially where Muslim or Hindu is the primary religion. If a person in the family of of Muslims accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior and the family finds out, sometimes they kill their own child or have it done. Best case scenario, they beat them, and kick them out on the street with nothing. Take their clothing; they take everything. Throw them out in the street. You're garbage. You're not my family anymore. Get out. It costs them everything. Costs them their family, but they accept Jesus anyway. I was listening to one testimony. This young lady, she had a circumstance just like that. She was beaten by her family. She was kicked out, stripped naked, and thrown out in the street. She found a Christian church, which was really a house church because they can't really have churches like we have. They have to hide when they meet to keep from dying. And one of the workers from Voice of the Martyrs went Where this lady was and got her testimony, and he said, I've never seen anybody smile more than this girl does. She's so happy to have Jesus, even though it cost her, her family, and everything else. Think about that for a minute, folks. Just think about that. How happy should we be? Because most of us get to have Jesus and our families. We should be even more happy than these people are. But again, they immediately left their father and they just walked off, left him in the boat and took off and followed Jesus. I don't know, have you ever stopped to think about how Zebedee, the father, might have felt about this? <laughs> We're not told that he said, okay, boys, go ahead. We're not told that he said anything or or expressed any feeling of any kind. But, you know, I can just picture him after they're gone out here trying to pull the nets in by himself. (laughs) Not enough hired help. Oh, them boys. (laughs) I mean, you know, we don't really stop to think about every character sometimes. That's involved in some of the stories in the Bible. But it cost them not only this lucrative business. Where they could even hire people to help them. But they left their father behind too. They just walked away from it all. Now. Here's the thing folks. Is. When Jesus calls. We should see that nothing. Nothing else matters more than he does and as christians the way we live should show that nothing in our life nothing in this world not our family not our friends not politics (laughs) nothing is more important than jesus That's the way we must live. That's the way he called them and they left everything. He called us to leave everything else behind and follow him. No matter what the cost is, it doesn't matter what the cost is because what we gain is so much more than anything we lose. Amen. That is the way that Jesus made it for us. You see, if we decide to say no when he calls, there's also a cost for that. If we say no to Jesus, then we go on with our life the way that we want to. We party as much as we want. We lie, cheat, steal as much as we want. Doesn't bother us. We get caught sometimes and have to pay a price for a while, but So what? Big deal. No problem. But then one day, we have to face Jesus face to face. And that will not be a happy time for those people. They will stand before Christ and Christ will say, I called Several times I called you out of that sinful life. I made sure you knew someone ministered to you and told you that I paid the price for you so that you wouldn't have to. But you refused to accept that payment. So now you must pay on your own. You must pay for your own sin because you rejected the payment I made for you. That cost is more than anyone can afford to pay. Jesus paid it, and all we have to do is believe it, accept it. We have to come to Him with grateful hearts, thanking Him, because He doesn't come and say, Okay, grovel before me, bow down. And if you do enough good works, then I will think about letting you into the kingdom of heaven. No, he he is not a vengeful God. He is a loving God. He is a graceful God. He says, my child, I created you. I love you. You're mine. And I paid the price of sin so that you don't have to please accept that payment and come follow me. Now I hope everyone in here has said yes, I will. I believe you have. I hope that everyone who's hearing this (laughs) has. But if you have not, do what these first disciples did. Immediately say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. We have to recognize that we are sinners. Why? Well, have you ever told a lie? <laughs> have you ever looked at a member of the opposite sex with lust? Have you ever stole anything, even a piece of candy? Ever? Well, the Ten Commandments say that if we've done any of those things, we're sinners. We're guilty. And also, the Bible says if we've committed one of those sins and broke it, we're guilty of all of the Ten Commandments. You know, I've shared this before, but I remember when I was little and uh, my cousin and, and I, and my mom and his mom, my aunt, we went to IGA in Henryville and I wanted a piece of candy, candy bar. Mom said no, so when nobody was looking, <laughs> I snatched it. On the way home, I was so smart that I was eating it in front of mom. <laughs> and she says, "Where'd you get that? That store? <laughs> How'd you pay for it?" Um Yeah, that's what I thought. So back to the store we go. And the lady that was at the cash register was actually the wife of the owner. She wanted to call the police. (laughs) Mom convinced her not to. We paid for it. And I got my behind chewed. And then I got it blistered. And the woman watched. (laughs) Guess what I never did again? I never even wanted to after that. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I didn't pay for the item the way I was supposed to, so I had to pay the price. Jesus has paid the price for our sin. And he extends his hand and says, Here, take it. Here's the payment. All you got to do is receive it. Follow me. Do what I say instead of what your flesh wants you to do. I think many Christians forget that part. (laughs) We're supposed to do what he says in his word instead of what our flesh says. You can tell sometimes I do what the flesh says. (laughs) But if we confess, yes, Lord, I've sinned. I'm sorry. I've sinned against you. I've, I've done these, these things that your word says I shouldn't do. But now, I want to stop that, Lord. I, I, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to live for you, Lord. I want to do what's right. I'm sorry I did wrong. I don't want to do those things anymore. That's repentance. I don't want to do that anymore, Lord. I want to do what you say. Will you have me? Yes, I called you. I want you. I've always been calling you. I want you. Come follow me. Read my word and do what it says. If you need help, I'll be right here to give you a hand. Just call on me. I'm right here. So no matter what your need is this morning, call on him. You can do it from where you are. You can come up here. If you're at home, it doesn't matter. You can call on him no matter where you are. And he's there waiting. Let's again make 22 all about you, all about him. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord. Brother Bob. Our
0: invitation hymn this morning is number 393. Without him I could do nothing. Amen. Let's start with
3: strength.
2: Without him I could do nothing. Without him I surely With am safe... Be Die.
0: see